Good morning. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church. I know it is cold outside, but it is warm in here. Uh, I have just a, two announcements for you before we begin. The first is our Proclaimer newsletter. Uh, many of you have told us over the last months that you are not receiving it until maybe a week after it's mailed. Some of you in Oklahoma, it's a full month um, after it's mailed, which is really helpful information, I think, a month old. I will let you know a little bit behind the curtain um, activity. Those are bulk mailed. Um, that's how that kind of mailing goes out, and it's just been a little bit of a, a hiccup. So your session has discussed it, and they're gonna do the Proclaimer a little bit differently. We're still going to mail it to shut-ins and folks that we don't get to see very often in person, but for the rest of us, we're gonna print copies and put them at all of the entrances. They will be there um, throughout the month for you to pick up. There will also uh, as well be the email option if you want to use that. Some people get the Proclaimer emailed. But we want you to get the information as soon as possible and waiting 10 days or a month is not so helpful. So we're gonna try that for a while and see how it goes. Um, the second announcement I have for you is I know ice might be coming, and that's very exciting, um, but it won't be here by this afternoon. So uh, if you have been reading Kate Bowler's book, Everything Happens, uh, and would like to attend the book club, it's 5 p.m. at Bookish, which is at the Bakery District this afternoon. If you haven't read the book, but you'd like to hear the discussion and participate, 5 p.m. at Bookish uh, this afternoon. You are all welcome to attend and then get ready for the ice. With all of that in mind, let's worship God.
Our call to worship this morning comes to us from Psalm 119. Teach us, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and we will observe it to the end. Give us understanding that we may keep your law and observe it with our whole hearts. Lead us in the path of your commandments, for we delight in it. Turn our hearts to your decrees and not to selfish gain. Turn our eyes from looking at vanities. Give us life in your ways. Let us pray. Great and holy and merciful God, we pray this day that your spirit would be in our midst, stitching us together once more as brothers and sisters to one another, encouraging us as your faithful disciples. During this time of worship, help us to focus upon you, your word, and our place in the midst of your creation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our first hymn is number 41. Let's stand and sing.
Please remain standing, and we will confess our sins before God and one another. There is a prayer printed in your bulletins and on your screens. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you tell us that to follow you is to take the narrow way, the harder path. We confess we often want to take the easier options. We struggle to love our neighbor as ourselves. We fail at forgiving others and praying for our enemies. We stumble in our attempts to love God with everything we have. Forgive us for choosing the easier routes, for carrying our grudges, and for prioritizing vain endeavors. We confess that we cannot walk the way you set before us without your guidance, strength, and grace. It is these things we pray for this day. It is in your holy name that we offer this prayer. Amen. My brothers and sisters, who is in a position to condemn? It is only Christ. Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone. The new life has come. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Let us now sing to God's glory. Let us pray. Lord, as we prepare to hear your word read and proclaimed, we pray that you would silence any voice in our heads, in our thoughts, other than your own that we would be able to listen for you and that your word would be a living word. It is in your name that we offer this prayer. Amen. We have two scriptures this morning, and the first comes to us from the book of Leviticus. I don't often say that in worship, that we are reading from Leviticus, because we don't often read from Leviticus. But here is from chapter 19 of that book. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall revere your mother and father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make cast images for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. You shall not swear falsely by my name, profaning of the name your God. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud your neighbor. You shall not steal. You shall not keep for yourself the wages of a laborer until morning. I am the Lord. 
You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. You shall keep my statutes. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. And our second scripture, this is our third week in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We come to this portion in Matthew 5. Right before this, uh, Jesus has shared five commands that he gives to the people. And here are the last two, numbers 6 and 7. Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you. And do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. It is the phrase that most children hate. You have it there for you, printed in your bulletin. It is the phrase most children hate, the phrase they are certain they will never say if they become parents. What is the phrase? Because I said so. Now, I say that most children hate the phrase only because perhaps there has been a parent somewhere at some time who did not say it, so that maybe not all children hate it. Is there such a parent? Were you raised by such a parent? who did not say this phrase, I, I think for all of us who heard it, we hated it. Then, if those children end up being parents, one day they catch themselves. You know what happens. They catch themselves, and even though they swore they never would, the moment comes and they hear the words tripping out of their own mouths, because I said so. Now, let's be honest. This is one of the reasons children hate this phrase is because they know that sometimes when parents say it, it's because they are distracted or tired or annoyed and they simply do not want to deal. Let's be honest about that. We know that that phrase gets said in that way. Why can't I stay up longer because I said so? Why can't I eat candy because I said so? Why didn't he get in trouble when I did because I said so? We just want to end the conversation. And sometimes, parents say it 
to remind the child of who has authority. Why can't I go to that party? Why do I have to do chores? Why can't I have a phone? Because I said so. Because I am the mother, I am the father, I am the boss, and I said so. When this is the reason that parents use the phrase to, to show their authority and to remind the child of their role of authority in the household, then it's always nice that if, if you find out that another parent has said it too. It, it always helps when you find out that Bobby's parents also won't let him go to the party or when you're told that Jen's mom won't let her child have a, have a phone yet either. That, that helps. It helps with the authority. Every parent knows that with the weight and the power of it. Because I said so becomes this wonderful thing of because we said so. We have said so. It helps parents hold the line. It helps kids better understand why the line is there. And we find something similar to this happening in religion. I read for you a passage from Leviticus this morning, and it lays out some of the things that people are to do, how they are to live because God said so. They include, do not steal, do not lie, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, these commands may be more or less difficult to follow, but it turns out they are pretty universal across all major religions. Here's a couple examples. The second precept of Buddhism, I looked it up for you, the second precept of Buddhism is do not steal. Okay. One of the hadims or sayings of the prophet Muhammad is to beware of lying, for it leads to wickedness. And then even that most famous of Judeo-Christian teaching known as the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, that is also a Hindu teaching. Although in the flip, the negative, do not unto others as you would not have them do to you. On these basic tenets, many religions agree, teaching all of us better ways to live with one another. Because I said so on many rules is more like because we said so. This portion of Jesus' sermon joins that line of teaching. He offers seven commands, seven commands for how to live. And I only read for you the last two this morning. The first five include things like take Scripture seriously, don't carry anger, and do not lust. And I think you can already guess that even though some of these commands are more difficult to keep than others, they are widely held and widely taught across religions. Jesus is among a crowd of religious teachers who've said the same. The first five commands are a because we said so kind of thing. And then we get to our passage today. The last two commands. You know them. First, Jesus teaches, turn the other cheek. If someone takes your coat, then give your cloak as well. Someone makes you walk a mile, walk a second mile. Do not resist an evildoer. That's number six. And the crowd starts to thin a little here. Now, all of the world's major religions teach about forgiveness. They, they all do. Forgiveness is an important part. But to this extreme, 
to offer a second cheek for abuse, to offer a second mile of servitude, to go naked rather than to fight back, Jesus is a little more alone on this teaching. Not many other religious teachers go so far. Which leads to the last of the seven. Jesus says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And on this command, on this one, Jesus stands alone. It is only and completely do this because I said so. No, no one else asks this of their followers. No one else goes this far. Live in this most difficult way, he says, with the most forgiving and open-hearted of postures you can imagine, with love that goes beyond anything you can do on your own. Do this because I said so. We're at the heart of it now. We're at the heart of his sermon here, and we are at the heart of our faith. Matthew tells us that when Jesus got to the end of these seven commands, the crowd was in absolute shock. One translation of it says that their mouths all fell open. I like to picture them on that hill that day, just all of them. Their jaws have dropped. We get that. We get that. While this is the core of Jesus' message, what he says seems impossible. And because of the difficulty of this teaching, every generation from that day until today has tried to make his words easier, has tried to explain it away. Jesus meant these things spiritually. That's one effort that's made. He meant in our heart we're open to giving what we have. He meant in our heart we go the extra distance. He couldn't possibly, the explanation goes, have meant for us to take him literally, seriously. Or another option that's offered to make it easier to swallow is, well, Jesus was referencing turns of phrase and, and dealings with the Romans that we can't understand. For example, turn the other cheek so your abuser must respect you enough to hit you face on and not backhanded slap you, things like that. It must be what he meant. Perhaps. Surely Jesus did include our spiritual lives in these commands. Surely he is making allusions to insider talk about how to deal with the Romans, yeah. But the crowd's mouths fell open. Their mouths fell open. They fell open because these are exceedingly difficult commands and not to be explained away. So I will not make them easier for us today either. They are too important to soften, and they are too intense to make easy. And we do them. Or at least we try. Or at least we better. We do them, these hardest things, for one reason only. We do them because he said so. 
He said so, and he is our Lord. I want to put it in the cadence of the Leviticus reading I said to you. It could go like this. Jesus says, I tell you to turn the other cheek. I am the Lord. I tell you to go the second mile. I am the Lord. I tell you to love your enemies. I am the Lord. Jesus has not said these things because he's tired of us or distracted, or annoyed, and wants to end the conversation, because I said so. (laughs) He is saying these things because he is the authority. He knows what is best for us. He is the boss. He is the Lord. And he stands alone on this. He stands alone. There's no because we said By the time we get through all seven, there's only because I said so. Only he commands this. Only Jesus asks us to go this far. And we will. Or we'll try. Or we better. We better because it's the way that we are children of God. It's as simple as that. Did you catch that part at the end of the commands? Jesus ends it by saying that if you only love who is easy to love or if you only give to those who can return the favor, those actions just mean you're like everyone else. Good job. But loving your enemies, praying for those who persecute you, those are the actions that make you a child of God. Doing our absolute best to follow these commands is how we show our family resemblance to Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, loves his enemies. He prays for those who persecute him. So if we want to be in his family, that's what we do too. It is scriptures like these, sermons like these, that remind me of a story that came out of Phil's church years ago in Illinois. There was a man there, a member named Kenny Schwab, salt of the earth, wonderful man. And he told Phil one day, he said, good job. Sometimes you need to take us out behind the woodshed and just suck it to us. You need to just suck it to us. That's what Kenny Schwab told Phil to do. This is sucking it to us. There is no way around it. There are many families we can be a part of. We really can. And many of them will teach us good and important things. But if we want to be in this family, in this particular and singular one, then we listen very carefully to him now. And as best we can, we do what he commands because he said so. Amen. Before our prayer, I would inform you that our brother Jim Snyder passed away this past week. Jim had been sick for some time. Uh, Funeral services for Jim will be announced at a later date. In the interim, we can keep him and his family in our prayers. Let us pray.
great and holy and merciful God, on this day we give you thanks for the calling you have placed in each and every one of our lives. We thank you for the ways in which this calling takes shape as discipleship, the ways in which we are called to follow you, to serve you, and to love others in your name. We know that discipleship is not always easy. And so on this day, we pray for strength. Strength not merely to survive the challenges of this world and this life, but strength to embolden us to serve you with courage and to love others fully and faithfully. And we offer now this moment of silent prayer to you and ask for your presence in particular places in our lives where we need your strength and your courage, where we need to serve more boldly. Holy God, as we consider our place in this world and in your creation, we are always mindful of the difficulties of this life. We were made mindful of it in particular this week with images of such violence from just down the road. We pray for peace. We pray for grace. We pray that you would help us to be bearers of your love in this world. And we take this moment now to offer our silent prayers for all the broken places, particularly those which have troubled us this past week. Loving God, there are many people in this world whom we love, who we know, who we're in relationship with, people who are ill, people who are suffering, people who are mourning. We give you thanks this day for the life of your servant, Jim. We commend him into your eternal care. And we take this moment now to offer aloud or in the silence of our own hearts our prayers for particular people and situations. Loving God, you have blessed us in so many ways. We thank you for one another. We thank you for the gift of your creation. We thank you for opportunities you give to serve. We thank you for people who you place in our lives for us to love. Help us in all that we do this week to reflect your love, even into those most difficult of relationships. Help us to love our enemies. Help us to pray for those who persecute. Help us to be sources of peace, of mercy, and of grace. Great God, we offer you this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please now receive this offering of music.
us pray. O oh Lord, we thank you for the many gifts and blessings you've bestowed upon us. We return our humble tithes and offerings to you, that they may be used for your glory in this place and throughout your world. In Jesus' name, amen. May the love of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you in the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once more into these doors. The peace of Christ be with you. Also with you. Please greet one another in his name. 